Welcome back to HXGN Radio. My name is Brian. Thanks for joining us. Libestream's on-site platform brings the eyes and ears of experts into the field to collaborate on things virtually. Using on-site, remote teams see live video, talk, draw, and share images with field staff, customers, or external suppliers to assess operations and resolve issues immediately. Even when operating in difficult physical and network environments, Libestream offers a combination of hardware and software solutions that help workers operate better, faster, and safer. Today, I am here with Charlie Nigoy, VP of Business Development at Libestream. And in today's episode, we will be talking about digitizing the workers' day. Thanks for joining us, Charlie. Happy to be here, Brian. Thanks. Great to have you. Tell us about Libestream. Great lead off on that. So we're in the business of putting experts' eyes and ears out into the field without them physically having to go into the field. So when they, uh, a worker's encountering a difficult situation, uh, they need a little expert on their shoulder rather than having to wait for that expertise. We can get them there immediately, get them there virtually. Excellent. Excellent. Love it. So what does it bring to the Hexagon PPM world? So we're a very industrial application. So our customers typically are those that operate in uh, difficult environments, oil and gas, aviation and aerospace, heavy manufacturing, places that are uh, difficult physically, but also difficult network-wise. And so, for example, if you're uh, an EPC and you're putting together a brand new facility for a refinery, like that is not a place that you have a lot of infrastructure. So we're built from the ground up and from the origins of our company to operate in those remote field environments. Excellent, excellent. Now we talked about uh, digitizing the workers' day. What does that all mean? So we think about a lot of the, the technology that we sort of take for granted in sort of the carpeted areas of the world are not always available to those workers that are in the field. So uh, what we want to do is bring those tools to those workers in the field, but we have to adapt them to their difficult environments, uh, to some of their unique requirements. Maybe they're uh, wearing PPE uh, or they don't have access to uh, connectivity and and devices and things like that. So what we're bringing is some hardware that's custom designed for that environment, operable by wearing gloves and you you can drop it on a concrete floor, you're in a uh, zoned environment in oil and gas, you need class one, div two type of equipment. Um, But beyond that, we're also making that, trying to make that worker more effective uh, when they're operating either on their own or the ability to pull in an expert to help them at any time. Excellent. So functional, effective, and helping them also be more efficient as well. Absolutely. I mean, we've we've been deployed for about 12 years in the field and, and it's been an evolutionary trip. So a lot of the features and capabilities in our platform came from customers saying, hey, we need something that can do this, or this is really, this is a problem we're having. How would you guys help us solve that? And what the nice thing about that, you know, we get the benefit of that because we get real world feedback from real world customers solving real problems. Absolutely. And so as we bring those capabilities into our platform, you know, it just enhances it. And what what's eventually created out of this is a a system that is evolved mm-hmm. for these kind of environments. Nice. So yeah, so you're getting that real world feedback, real time almost saying, hey, help us with this. This is still a problem. What's the feedback as a result? I'm sure it's good, but yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. curious to hear yeah. if you have and, any specific it's, stories. It's funny. We've seen some, uh, some it's kind of the evolution of it. Uh, you know, customers saying first getting introduced to our technology. Wow. We didn't even think this was possible. Uh, now we're starting to getting more and more embraced it because fundamentally we're a live streaming video platform. That's our, that was our origins and our backbones. And if you think about video and live video in particular, um, it's the most difficult payload to carry, right? Because it's, it's big and because it's live, you know, nobody wants to have latency issues. And I think about watching live sports, right? You don't want to see the NBA finals uh, shot at the buzzer freezing yep. in midair, right? So um, <laughs> yeah. we end up with uh, kind of a, a very high bar from a performance standpoint. Exactly. And we built an infrastructure that can carry that payload. And what we now have is essentially a road that we've created 
that carries other payloads. So now when we start to implement things like uh, augmented reality or uh, workflows and checklists and, and, and uh, manufacturing processes, things like that, we can run those on the road that we've already built. So we begin to layer on top of the live video, AR, VR, and other, other things like that as those come into their, their maturity. Excellent. Love it. So describe a little bit about how the platform can impact capital project completion, ongoing lifecycle management, all that. Sure. I'll give you a couple examples because, you know, okay. we, we humans learn best from stories, right? So we'll Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, give you an example, Noble Drilling, offshore drilling company, Apparate all over the world, based in Houston. And, you know, they have drill rigs everywhere. Now they've deployed our platform on, on their platforms. And uh, instead of uh, having to get an expert from Houston out to a rig, like in this case, they had a problem on a rig off the coast of Africa in Angola. And the expert that knew how to diagnose and solve that problem sits in Houston. Now, normally, it takes a couple of days, close to $50,000 to get that individual to the rig. Instead of doing that, they fire up our onsite platform. He's, the guys on the rig are showing him what they're seeing. He's able to diagnose what's going on, talk the guys there through solving it, and get the whole rig up and running in three hours. Wow. So, you know, we always yeah. say we're in the time machine business, right? We're taking, we're turning days into hours and hours into minutes. Yeah. And, you know, in this case, we took two days, we made it three hours. And we were very excited about this because when they told us, this is a fantastic example, right? Yeah. You, we yeah. saved you guys $50,000. It's great. And they said, no, you don't, you don't get it. Um, we really don't care about $50,000. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure Noble Drilling cares about <laughs> yeah. $50,000. Yeah. But, you know, this, what we care more about is the two days. Yes. Because that rig rents for $1.6 million a day. Wow. So, um, you know, wow. $3.2 million. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a, a common theme we see everywhere where um, it's not the direct cost avoidance. It's not the, hey, I saved X in travel or whatever. It's always what we call the secondary effect, the, the downtime avoidance. And if you had to draw a thread through all our customers, it's usually companies that have expensive, uh, complex CapEx deployments, high expectation of uptime, long expected operating lifetimes, regular service and maintenance. You know, we're, we're basically describing most of Hexagon's customers in this case. But most important thing is extremely high cost of downtime. And so it, that benefit, the time savings, dwarfs any direct cost savings. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's just a recurring theme we get over and over. Wow, that's, that's amazing. That's great to hear that. So, I mean, you, you've sort of touched on this a little bit, but, but additional big challenges that are, uh, you know, facing the industrial landscape as well. Sure. We work in a lot of different industries and there is a, uh, a theme that we've seen that is, uh, that affects, is affecting every single company, probably certainly worldwide and, and pretty, pretty much uh, certainly in the United States. Um, and it's expertise shortage. So it, it, come, it really comes out of the demographics. If we look at the average age of a, of a field tech, it's about 55. And it's actually, if the distribution's bimodal, really the average field tech is, there's a big slug of them that are all baby boomers that are in their late 50s. And there's a whole bunch that are in their 20s. You know, it's sort of the handoff between the baby boomers and the millennials. The baby boomers are walking, they're starting to retire in mass and they're huge, you know, 170 million people. And they're walking out the door for the last time. And they take with them 25, 30, 35 years of knowledge and experience. And when that happens in aggregate at a large scale, like is happening right now, you have this knowledge drain. And as we talk to our customers about this, all the heads in the room start nodding. Yeah, we've got that same problem. And how do you deal with it? Well, you have two challenges, right? How do you preserve the knowledge, the scarce knowledge that remains in the experts that are still there? And then how do you even uh, convey that to 
what is fundamentally a different generation, uh, or actually two generations removed. So what, what our platform is doing is taking a expert and saying, you don't have to jump in the field anymore. You can stay right in your office. You can retire, move to Florida and give us four hours a week. And we're going to force multiply your knowledge and experience. And you're going to help somebody in Seattle. And 30 minutes later, you're going to help somebody in Boston. And 30 minutes after that, you're going to help somebody in Sao Paulo, right? So the, uh, it's a force multiplier of that knowledge. But then the other piece of it is retaining that knowledge. And so while we'll talk a lot about live streaming and things like that, we actually have a knowledge base in our platform that allows you to capture data, video, images, that sort of thing within the system. So two years from now, when I'm trying to fix compressor XYZ at you know, customer one, two, three, I can look up and say, what do we have on that? Oh, here's a video we shot two years ago on how to fix this. Or here's what that crack looked like two years ago. And we can see that it's propagated by two millimeters over that period of time. So you begin to encapsulate the knowledge into a platform that never retires. The other piece of it's interesting is that when you have this generational handoff, I mean, um, you know, I'm late forties, but I have, I have kids that are teenagers that have never known a time when they couldn't stream video, FaceTime, whatever. Um, it's become kind of the, the common language. You know, there's, a, there's an age, I don't know, it's probably some mid-20s that if you ask somebody to look something up on a search engine, you know, if my, somebody my age is going to go to Google. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But uh, somebody younger is going to go to the second most popular search engine in the world, which is YouTube, because there's a, there's a threshold in which people want to see a video instead of read it. And so when we're conveying things in video, which is a much more information dense way to convey something. And, you know, it's the, it's the show me how to do it. Yeah, it's really neat though. And I'm glad you're passing that on correctly because you're right. There are people, they exit, then what? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What's the company going to do? But I like how you're, you're transitioning people very nicely. It's working well. Having that database too. And, and I'm assuming it's very searchable, you know, like you were talking about the crack. Has it, has it gotten any bigger? Um, you know, you can easily type that in and it's, Right there, I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that. So um, where is technology over-delivered on its promise? You can talk about that and then uh, sure. also the under-deliver side of things and then how you're addressing that as well. A lot of times we, we are the benefactors of, uh, let's say, something like the ubiquity of the smartphone. So our, our platform, we do make our own hardware for, you know, again, these rugged environments. But at the same time, because when we developed this, there was no such thing as a smartphone. You know, back in 03 is when we started. And, uh, you know, but of course, very quickly... Uh, we've got, uh, I think it's, you know, smartphones deployed to the tune of, I think, 3 billion or something worldwide um, and growing very rapidly. We can take advantage of that ubiquity of that device. And, and you know, selfishly, uh, Apple and Samsung and LG and everybody else, they spend billions of dollars making that stuff better and better every year. We get that all for free. So we're taking, you know, that's a, that's a classic over-deliver, right? We have this incredibly powerful uh, infrastructure, if you will, that's out there that we can take advantage of. And it's, you know, it's just like um, cheap storage or uh, cheap processing power or broadband internet. When you give, when technology gives you tools and capabilities, people find really creative ways to use it. And again, we're, we are collectively, all of us, the benefactors of that. Excellent. Love it. Well, I'm excited about what you're doing. Anything else you want to share as we wrap up? Just uh, this has been great. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Charlie, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for everything you do and uh, for sharing all this information. Thanks, Brian. More information on digitizing the Workers' Day at LibreStream.com. That's L-I-B-R-E and then Stream.com. Be sure to tune into more episodes of HXGN Radio over at HXGNRadio.com or you can go to iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher Radio. And thank you for listening. 